Welcome back to the Field of 12, your college football uh, reaction show after dark. I'm George Whitfield, quarterback guru, sitting with the most talented group of quarterback ants on this planet. Bryce Petty, yeah. pride yeah, of Baylor yeah. University. Christian Hackenberg, pride of we are Penn State. Trevor Knight. Oklahoma and Texas A&M. He's led both. He's won at both. I got all three of these guys here. Fellas, we are just wrapping up another impressive win by four Michigan Wolverines. What do we think right now about Michigan? Do we know who they are yet? I think they're starting to get a little Hack. glimpse of, of who they are, of who they are. I think they are. Go ahead, Hack. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think they have. I think it's been a long time. A little glint. Jim Harbaugh area. Yeah, it's it's a flash in the pan. You know, they got to beat Ohio State. They got to beat Ohio State. This mm. they got is the, so seat, really is the seat warm? What were you saying, George? Bryce, asked you, is, Bryce was just asking, is the seat warm? Coach Harbaugh, I'm really curious about your your. Nah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a tough. I think it's a tough thing to say. The guy has obviously had success, but when you're talking about that side of the division in the Big Ten, you got to win it. And when you usually look at that side, it's Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Ohio State's just been, you know, sunning everybody else on that side of the division for the past few years. So, um, I think Michigan brought Harbaugh in to give them a chance to make runs and sure. he's got it's got to, it's got to show up at some point in time. The the seat is warming up really truly. You think Michigan can go out and get a it, better it has, it has to be. Why? It's it national has to champion. be that that because so it's, it's, it's right right the right. bar at Michigan national championship that's the bar. But no, I think I think it starts with Ohio State. To to Hack's point, you have to you have to beat rivals in this game. That's why you see so many guys circulate, you know, in and out of the SEC because they can't beat Nick Saban, right? You got a lot of great coaches that have come through there. Um, Mark Rick, in my mind, should have never been fired because man, he's a mainstay at Georgia. What that guy you, did for that program just, with those guys. But that's the point. I think you, from my perspective. Nick Saban is Nick Saban, and that's the Roman army. So if you're firing people because they're not beating the Roman army, we'll just get you a list. Somebody will break through at some point. <laughs> but if, if the best is the bar, golly. Like how many coaches just are waiting for that one breakthrough class or that one breakthrough moment? Trevor, what are your thoughts about that? We're on it now. Uh, this is the After Dark Show. Trevor Knight, Jim Harbaugh, we're watching them right now with with uh, everybody back to home. Is the seat, is the bar, let's go with what happened. Is it Ohio State slash national championship or is it consistency in X, Y, Z? What, what, what is it? What is the bar? <laughs> well, you look at, at you look at the. You look at the college football landscape, and the, the culture's just changed. No longer is it you got five, six, seven years to get a program going, right? I mean, you've got to get going now, and you've got to win ball games now, especially at a school like Michigan. I see Michigan right now, even though you've got the big name at the top, 
being a lot like Texas down in Austin. You can go one of which ways. You can start going through this carousel where, yeah, you're the University of Texas, but you're falling off and falling off hard year after year after year. Or you go and you chase it all and, and start being consistent. Yes, the end goal at a place like Michigan is still national championship because of all the history there. But right now in this kind of macro view, it's got to be getting back to consistent football and winning those, or at least competing in those rivalry games. So if Michigan is like the LSU, if they have LSU's position, how LSU is positioned up against Sama, can't they, isn't that a role to support and back up Hack. I mean, if, if if Michigan can LSU to Alabama in the Big Ten, then you also got to throw in Penn State because I think Penn State oh, yeah. ahead of Michigan. It is is that worth riding with him on? You still going to have Alabama, but LSU is in the national champ. They just won the national championship. They mm -hmm. won it maybe ten years back. Is that enough to go scare them, tag them up, so to speak? Or, or do you have to absolutely, like, replace them? Yeah, I think that's hard, man. And I think that's one of the that's one of the challenges with the Big Ten East is the fact that you have three traditionally touted programs in terms of the – in the history of college football with Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. The issue I, the issue I kind of find is – and the balancing act that programs need to figure out goes back to some points Trevor made where – you're either going to rotate things in and you only have three, four, five years, or you're going to go the route of the Patriot way or the Steelers bring in some NFL references in where you keep consistency and in continuity in terms of building a culture. Right. But there does come a point in time when that isn't working or the establishment of that culture is failing for whatever reason. And the one thing you said, George really resonated. I mean, Penn state's been beating Michigan for, I mean, the past four, five, six years. So I don't even know if they are that LSU. And when you go into a game like the Ohio State Michigan game and you've been getting beat, and they really haven't even been just getting beat. I mean, they've been getting spanked. It, it, it's it's gonna be one of those things where I think where I think this year, if if Harbaugh's able to go up there and, and get a win, and it has to be a win, does not matter. Um I think that conversation happens, but if he loses again and Penn State ends up going up there and beating him again, I I don't know. I, I mean, I think definitely you can't. Some, you can't look. He's forty nine and twenty two. He's forty nine and twenty two. He's not a Mike Tomlin. He's not. He's not a Bill Belichick to where you can just sit there and like you know scrape over the fact that oh it's Harbaugh he went here. It's forty nine and twenty two. How many years yeah. and how many games do you need to prove, hey, man, I got my recruiting classes here. Like Tom yeah. Herman at three, to your point, Trevor, at three years. Yeah. That was it. And they let him go. You know, yeah. it, you have to win now. And and I think his reputation at Michigan for what he is to that program allowed him to be here this many seasons. That guy's got to win. Yeah. Hack to your point, if he doesn't beat Ohio State this year, if Penn State comes in there and beats him, I think he's gone. Yeah. Wow. That might be the range. That's a great point. Sorry, sorry. No, I think sorry that's great points. I mean, you came in hot, and I appreciate it. Now I know that this uh, the the temperature in it's this got, room is a little bit. I might have to take this off, but I mean, 
Yeah, I think so, I think you were right on. I think you're spot on, dude. Hey, y'all saw that eye roll too. I hope everybody saw that eye roll when Hack Cam was like, "That's the man. This guy coming in hot oh, like this." <laughs> so Bryce Petty, just to be Bryce Petty, they're two, you know, and they're looking good right now. Bryce Petty accepting applications for the coaching position at Michigan already. No, already no, 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 you didn't, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. I, I said, if they lose to Hex point, if they lose this State. year, right. It's heating, it's heating up. Now this, this two and team, they look pretty good, man. They had, you know, 200 plus yards rushing last or last week. Um, you know, they just, they just went hand again, uh, you know, this week right now, but you know, at the, at the same time, it's, it's, can he do it? Can he do it in a big game? Khakis or not. So let's go to this game. This is a big performance from, from my perspective. They had their warm-up game last week. They took care of business. Teams did it. Now you get a Pac-12 team that came in preseason ranked. They tripped up. A lot of teams have not escaped predicted knockouts. Here you have Michigan Ball playing solid defense. All cylinders, and they had control this game from kickoff to ending. Trevor, do you feel like we kind of now are, are getting a picture of who Michigan is? Enough evidence on the no. on film no. yet? Not near enough evidence yet. I mean, that's a Washington team that lost to Montana in Week One. There's obviously horrible issues going on um, up there at Washington. Michigan's going to find out who they are really quick. Um, you know, they got a they got. Northern Illinois next week, which again should give us a little bit more confidence in who they are. But I think it's 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 a little bit elevated because then they go Rutgers, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, Michigan State, who's playing good, and then obviously the games that we talked about later in the year. And everybody knows how uh, this group feels about Rutgers. So uh, we're gonna find out who they are. They've got a, a gauntlet coming up after they get past some of these, uh, you know, first couple of weeks. It's a, you know, like we always talk about, we're, we're speculating right now. It's early in the season, but I'm not convinced yet in a Michigan ball club that, you know, wins decently over, over a Washington team that's played horribly through two weeks. True. Okay. I'll ride with you on that. Michigan gets the big, big win tonight, 31-10. Big for them. You got it with each individual group. You got to start sustaining and, and and getting down a winning rhythm. You have to get into that rhythm of winning. They're doing it with this group. Uh, I think a big hand in that is Cade McNamara and what him and Coach Gaddis are starting to settle in. We need to bring you along, you the fan. Uh, first here at the Field of 12, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor. We are Pet River Sportsbook. Rivers will be covering them here in a little bit, but us and support us. We appreciate that. And you, uh, the fan, uh, the, the hair salon with all your girls to right at the bar with all your boys or the fellas or the barbershop or wherever you may, may be. We hope we can support you at the next tailgate argument, but you can go in and smash up some or when your argument's going to be. But first, <laughs> we, do have, uh, we do have an early tradition. We have early tradition here uh, at the field of 12. Uh, sip. We sip. We sip for many reasons. And first off, 
Let's do our communal sip. Uh, raise a glass for Coach Corso again today. We saw you, sir. And just out of the respect for all that you've done for college football. And then next, we're going to go uh, down the line briefly. Uh, today was a, a big day, big weekend in college football. Trevor, we're going to start with you. Your toast of the day. Who would that go to, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to have a little fun today. My toast goes out to Bryce's ex-boyfriend, Mr. Kendall oh. Bryles, up there in Arkansas. <laughs> oh. And it was they got a big Cheers. win. They got a big win big today. Win. But it's not for total offense, and it has nothing to do with the pass game. But for a guy who is traditionally so pass-heavy, to rack up 333 yards on the ground, take it straight wow. to the teeth of the Texas Longhorns. Toast to Mr. Kendall Bryles. I know, Bryce, you and Love him it. have had a Love lot it. of long nights together Indeed, and a lot of conversations. So a, lot of, a lot of cigars. A lot of cigars. That's right. Coach. Coach it up. Bryce Coach Pett. It up. Coach it up. It, all, it, it, it really goes to you, sir. You're toast of the day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And what you guys don't understand, if y'all don't watch film, Baylor was house in the run game we loved our five boys up up front um but my i'm gonna stay with the coach actually um crazy enough i was teetering between a coach and a player but mario cristobal up there bringing the oregon ducks doesn't have his top two oh, guys on oh, defense yeah. with what we feel oh, like yeah. is probably arguably the the uh, oh, the, yeah. the perino number one overall pick and Kayvon thibodeau um my guy's a, a black belt in jujitsu and and knows uh, Mai Tai or Muay Thai or whatever. I don't know if y'all heard that on the on the the um, coverage today. Sounds like an it awesome was really dude. A special Oh, that's that's right, that's right. Yeah. And you saw his guys come up after the game. You could tell those guys love him. So, coach, toast, way to go into to the shoe and and get your win. All right, so I'm gonna go a little bit with a uh, off the cuff. I thought it was a relatively bland. Saturday of college football, all things considered. We had some things come up, but I'm going to go to the high school ranks. Shout out to the Winslow Fighting Eagles. Yeah, baby. 30, hey. 32-30. The boys came hey. out big. The boys Let's came go. out big. Winslow and Fighting Eagles, baby. Behind win. It, was, it, was, it was a great game. It was a great game to be a part of. I mean, it was good. Love hey, it. real quick before we go, uh, George, how many how many Let's tall go. boy Miller lights do you think that uh, that our boy Hack has drank down in his dungeon while uh, no, 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 on the sideline, no, on the sideline, tall boy. Bryce, I'm a professional. In his back Bryce, pocket. Bryce, I'm a professional. I would never do that. I would never do that. Like that. Strictly, I'm a, I, I, strictly I am a professional. I can separate. I could. I can separate work, business, and play. I can separate those two things. Come on, man. Come on. A true no professional, knows how I believe. To combine I believe you, sir. There goes the Big Twelve trying to trying to trying to smudge the Big Ten's name. There, the, the tip. Um, my toast of the day. I had hell at one point. I felt like I had eight. This specific. It is a coach. He's been in the horse before and came out on the wrong side several times before he was the defensive coordinator for Michigan. Now, as the defensive coordinator at Oregon, Coach Tim DeRuiter, Ooh. toast. Cheers I thought Oregon was tough. They had a great scheme. 
They were resilient, and there was no easy way out of Columbus. Even after you've led by a down eight minutes left, that defense, they still had to be called upon. Many times Ohio State got, got down there in the red zone. They could not run the ball today, and they just bowed up. Big, big for the, the Pac-12, I thought. Coach DeRuiter, all the respect in the world, sir. I know that game plan had to have layers to it. Congratulations. All right. Yep. Uh, quickly, uh, if you haven't signed up uh, with Bet River yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require one play through to turn your bonus into cash money. With the cash pay instant approval, with, with your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable than ever before. With football season kicking off, get into the action going to betrivers.com today or by downloading Bruce on your iOS app. Must be 21 years old or older. Got a problem? Call 1-800. We appreciate Bet Rivers. So, fellas, let's get it. was a heavyweight match. There's actually a couple of them. I thought there was a premier heavyweight match like the paper. Review what happened earlier today. We were accustomed to seeing that in the prime time. Oregon, we spoke on it, travels across the country, minus their two players. After really just kind of winning a decision last week against Fresno, and then goes after one of the five families in their house <laughs> and takes them out. Hack, what does this say about the Buckeyes? And how big of a win is this just for Oregon? But you said it earlier in our text chat for college football or specifically for the Pac-12 and uh, how it pulled this off. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that it really clears up the picture for those for those next two spots in the um, in the college football playoff. To me, I have it relatively locked in with two SEC teams. Whoever wins the East and the West, I think they're both going to get in. To me, I hope it's Georgia and Alabama, specifically Georgia for my previous <laughs> uh, for my previous praise. But um, I think when you look at it at the at the big picture now, you have a susceptible Ohio State team. I thought Minnesota gave them a run for, a run for their money in the first week too, and to kind of piggyback off our earlier conversation with Michigan, I think it now leaves the East a little bit open. And I think a team like Penn state should be really licking their chops coming off a big win up at Wisconsin, beating a foe from the West. Um, and then being able to kind of piggyback off of a big win from ball. Uh, well, not a big win, but just a win over ball state today, pretty decisively and getting in a rhythm and trying to figure their, figure their things out in terms of how they want to do things moving forward throughout the season. So I think for the big 10, it really opens up a chance for someone in the East to, to, to take advantage of it. Um, for Ohio State, you know, they kind of they left a wound wide open and haven't, haven't put any stitches on that puppy yet. So we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what it means for the Big Ten, what it means for the grand scheme of college football, because I really think that it now has solidified two playoff spots to be up for grabs. You have a one-loss Clemson in the ACC. Um, you know, you have Bryce's Bearcats up there keeping – trying to scrap and claw and, 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 you know, put a resume together, put a resume yeah. together that can, that can get merit past a, them. Merit Murray spot. So yeah. Yeah. Mary Murray States and 100. whatever. So 
Um, I think it's interesting. We got the dub. We're eating dubs. Yeah. You, you did, you did right, indeed get the dub. Trevor, Trevor, I want to go to you because uh, from every big win, you, you can't have a big win. I hate to call it an upset, but it is. You cannot have an upset without some type of pivotal performance quarterback. Like the other, the other units can't pull off an upset. They can support you and get the edge, but the quarterback has to drive you through. Anthony Brown's a transfer. Played his ball at Boston College, just arrived at, and now he's part of one of the pivotal program wins they've had to have. And I mean, easier transfer quarterback. You've done this. You've won after transferring and had uh, program team wins. What did you see from Anthony Brown? How big is this going for the Ducks? Well, I'll, t I'll tell you what I saw out of Anthony Brown, which is huge for that team going forward. They had their marquee matchup here at the beginning of the year, which is tough for any quarterback, but especially a guy coming in from another school. Obviously, he's played ball before. He's got a, a foundation of respect, but he is still in the process of earning these guys respect day in and day out. You can tell by the way that he carries himself that he's done a good job up to this point of getting that team behind him. But a staple win like this, the way that he was able to stay even keel throughout this matchup, keep throwing punches left and right when Ohio State was trying to come back, he won his team over. It's going to be fun to watch him throughout the rest of the year where I think they've only got, as it stands right now, two other matchups in the Pac-12 that are even worth watching, right? I think they run the table. I think he's going to continue to be better and better. He may even be in the Heisman talk here at the end of the year, which is a really, really fun story um, from a guy that, that transferred because it's hard. I mean, even though you've played a lot of ball before to come into a new locker room where you didn't get to go and spend, you know, freshman workouts together and, and earn these guys respect. You didn't get to hang out in the dorm rooms and, and get to chop it up with these guys. You come in, you show them by the way you work that, that you mean business. And that's what he's showing up there in Eugene. I love that. And, and it's and like that. Honestly, what people don't really get, they just see player, they see huddle, they say go. And it's an awful lot of galvanizing and winning. You got to do behind the scenes, the dog days, the summer. I love that breakdown. Bryce Petty, I know you watch this thing from kickoff to ending. The biggest thing, and yes, both quarterbacks impacted the game differently. A great coached game by both Ohio State. First time we saw 100,000 get back in the horseshoe in those two years. But the biggest takeaway you had was? Mm, yeah, that, uh, to be totally honest with you, I like watching in terms of just, just position specific. I like watching both those guys battle a little bit. Um, you know, to Hack's point, you know, going back a little bit earlier, that Band-Aid to me is the front seven of Ohio State. Um, you know, you got guys uh, talk about, you know, DBU, receiver U, QBU, whatever. If you go go kind of back in into the history of ball, I mean, Ohio State's, you know, you got Bosa brothers, you got Casey Hayward, you got dudes that come out of Ohio State. And if, if I'm Chase in that room, Young. I'm pissed. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 Chase, Chase Young's a, who's a freak. Um, you, you got guys like that, that that those that leadership in that room needs to take over because you have two consecutive games of 200 plus on you. 
I'm going to tell you what, though, Bryce, that's one of the least experienced Ohio State front sevens that we've seen in years, and that's where I think they are most susceptible. So I think that's a great point, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I want you to keep expanding upon that because Josh Perry and I have been talking about that, who is a guy who was part of that front seven at Mm -hmm. Ohio State on our podcast, and he's he's been so worried about that going into the season, texting today, and I think it's a great point to expand upon. Yeah, well, do it, do it again. If you cut me off, I'm going to come with bows. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's like, but no, it, it, it's shaking in my boots. That's, that's a great point. That's a great point. You don't have to. I mean, dang. You know uh, what? Um, we'll go. We'll go hunting this this uh, fall and figure that out. But the the idea of having a an, an identity year in and year out, and we talked about it with with you know obviously the Alabama game last week. Um, it does not matter who they have in there. They know who they are. They come in because there's tradition, there's history, and I have a certain standard to play at. Ohio State doesn't have that right now at front seven. That's a great point on the experience part. Maybe that's what that is lacking. Somebody's got to step up in that world. On the flip side of that, yeah, but- I love watching Oregon come in. Go ahead. Hey, you love watching Oregon and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, on the flip side of that, I love watching Oregon come in because – they did barely escape Fresno State. Um, no one was really – I think that uh, they had the line at 14 and a half for, for Ohio State. So so that tells me, man, no one believes you can come in the shoe and win. Um, minus the fact or or add the fact, rather, that they got their two best guys on defense not in the lineup today. Um, so I thought they came out – they came out hungry. They came right. out passionate with something to prove. And, and you know, to your point, um, Trevor, on this Anthony Brown kid – Transfer or not, you know, Oregon played, I think, five games last year. Um, you don't really know who you are coming into this season. It's kind of a brand new uh, scrape. But, you know, running through C.J. Burdell, um, that dude, for a buck 61 and two touchdowns, lets you, you know, kind of just breathe and operate. I think that's something that I really took away from, from Anthony Brown's performance today is he just operated. If they do that, I love, I love uh, Trevor's pick going, you know, running the table in the Pac-12 because I think they've got a really potent offense. Um, along with the stout defense, too. George, I want to ask you this. Watching that game back and forth. Yep. I, if you don't mind, I was just going to ask you, being being a guy that that is that is a little bit more removed than, than the rest of us and, and the QV guru yourself, you've trained a lot of these guys from a mentality standpoint. What do you see on when you're watching games on Saturdays in a guy like Anthony Brown down the stretch, just from his demeanor, his pocket presence. I mean, what is that from through your eyes? Was that impressive, or or w- would you teach it that way? You see what I'm saying? I yes. So the the, the question, I, I love the question because a lot of people look at a quarterback's impact on a game. They go straight to the stat sheet. Uh, he was just around 500, and he only threw for 200 yards. Well, that might be because, you know, they, they played with a nickel package most of the and a lot of those completions were him beating sacks, so they weren't in trouble and getting rid of the ball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when you ask about Anthony Brown, for me, I love the performance because job one this week, Against Ohio State, it wasn't to be a play damage. He had no crucial mistakes. Yeah. Oregon couldn't have survived a, a crucial mistake. He didn't throw a wide not ball. We all know it's hard when you're back there. You got an extra 
speed of time, you see somebody scream, why not? Like he didn't throw that. He didn't try anything. He never had tonight. He never threw dice. He made the pragmatic play. He was in tune with his coordinator. He knew what the circumstances were, and he just simply did his job, pulled the ball down when he needed to, got to the checkdowns when he needed to. And think about, yes, the Ohio State front seven is not what we're accustomed to seeing. And to me, it kind of reminds what Bama was a couple years ago when Tua was rolling, and they were beating teams 30. That front seven wasn't great either, but they could kind of mask it. Maybe that's what Ohio State is today. But they got rid of the ball. See them in a ton of second and 25s, a bunch of third and 20s. He just mitigated damage. So ask about his performance and what did I pull from him just really arriving there. My job is to keep the ship steady. Get my job done. Let the rest of these guys play ball. And my coaches will figure it out because Oregon's coaches, I thought they were incredible in all phases uh, without, like you said, Bryce, they're, he didn't lose they're the two game. biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he did not lose I, the game. And then real quick, and before, by doing this the game, before you go on. Yeah, you – right. Exactly. Right, exactly. right. But you have to – and I, I love this because the kid's 19 years old. I threw for 450 today, I think. Ooh, 480, yeah. 484. Yeah. Bro, he had deep outs. That he had yeah. right hash all the way to the left sideline. I mean, outs. he is growing Field. up. He is I saw growing. that. Dude, yeah. hey, Columbus has got yeah. their guy. That I mean, now. again, to the same point that we were talking about with Anthony Brown, didn't lose the game. You know, he had a pick late, you know, trying to make something happen a little hot. But that guy with Ryan Day for the next four years, dude, if he's there for four years. He ain't going to make it for you. Yeah. He ain't going to be for you. <laughs> next CJ couple. Shroud, hey, <laughs> you can play, brother. Yeah. So, um, Hack, uh, Trevor, the, the, the thing I love, Stroud, and we've talk, talked about this on the field a lot, he throws with so much customer service. You see Ohio <laughs> State is diving slowing down, getting tackled by the ball. When that dude puts a ball out there, you can keep right on about your business. The customer service is incredible. Most, like his, his overall passing ability, but he did look young. That last yeah. series he had, when yeah. he just kept it coming out of bounds or put it up out of bounds, look young by just saying, it kind of goes back to where says this thing work. Maybe it doesn't. You thing, it not, is that a mark of youth. It, it absolutely Trevor. is. Um, you know, as you yeah. as you go through the ranks, as you go through contests, you build that confidence up to where you're an older guy. And it doesn't necessarily just happen on game day. It happens in the locker room, too. You feel yourself growing up in the locker room by the way that your guys yeah. look at you. Yeah. And then when the whole the whole world's watching you, it comes out right. That takes time, but to your point, he's got the tools. When he develops that confidence uh, to go down and win a football game, he is going to be scary, scary to watch. But in terms, I, I, I love that phrase that you use uh, about just putting the ball on the money, right? Um, right? I asked a guy that I played with who's playing for the Cardinals now in Christian Kirk. I said, hey, what is the biggest difference between mm-hmm. me and Kyler Murray? Because I was curious what his answer would be. And obviously, there's a lot of things. I mean, I'm way faster. I'm way shiftier, all those things. But he said, you throw a very 
hard ball. He said, you're accurate. Yeah, it's it gets there. But when I catch the ball, it hits my hands <laughs> hard, right? right? When Kyler throws the ball, yeah, it's got zip on it. It gets there on time. But every single time is like catching a pillow. And so that was interesting to me. And I saw that today in C.J. Stroud where these guys, it, it just it just feeds into their body. It's just effortless. They just put it right in the bread basket. That's a sign that again, of a guy that can get it done. Would you repeat that again? It was Christian said about Kyler's ball, it got lost. At least over here, it got lost. Yeah, no, he said it was a soft. You were saying, right? The, I mean, the I difference. What is Kyler's? Christian. Yeah, I, I. He said it was a soft ball. It was like catching yeah. a pillow, right? I would rear back on a on a you know three step slant route, and I try to fit it in right. there and throw it super hard, and it would just be a very difficult catch. Kyler's ball comes in regardless of what the throw is. If he's putting it on a line, if it's a two ball or he's airing it out, it just hits your hand soft. And that's what I saw in C.J. Stroud today. Uh, ball just hitting these guys' hands in stride on the money, and it was soft and catchable, uh, which is a big promising point for him moving forward with timing with those guys and just with completing football passes and getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers. Yeah, I think just piggybacking off that, Trevor, I mean, with the guys that they have running out there, too, if you give those guys footballs where they have the opportunity to catch and yeah, run. Yeah, that and customer, make plays, ser customer service. I, mm -hmm. Go ahead, Hack. Makes yeah, all the no. difference in the world. Um, so we did learn. Oh, yeah, we learned. Lot more about go ahead i said i think you got a little bit of a lag but we're okay no i was just saying i i think those guys when you give those guys the ability to uh -oh. catch the ball and make plays me? after the catch um <laughs> i don't know what to do with my hands right now um but anyway um I think when you give those guys, and I think just touching on everything hey, you let's, guys were saying. Let's, so, Hack, why don't you – why don't you – No, make, it makes to call, perfect to sense, Hack. It George. makes absolutely yeah, yeah, it all perfect makes sense. sense. There's no question about the things you, you just said. Hawkeyes, roll to Ames. The Hawkeye – Iowa in college football in almost a day that two teams from the same state played in a ranked uh, matchup. Iowa rocked them, and it really wasn't even close. And, you know, the that have the most one. Uh, Bryce, Brock Purdy, Iowa State. Um, what did you see as the, as the absolute, like the, the, the downfall or the – or the curveball they ran into it couldn't get past today. I, I don't even think it was – I don't think it was even a, a curveball. I just felt like, it, you know, watching the game, I didn't feel like they had any energy whatsoever. And that has to be something that, you know, either – and I I wrote down on my notes, like, Matt Campbell, where are you at? You know, Brock Curdy or Purdy, where are you at? Matt Rose, where are you at? You, those le – the leaders of that team, you got all this hype surrounding you – 
people don't just lay down because, you know, you're top 10 in the country. Uh, that's two games now, you know, with last week barely scraping, you know, 16, 10, um, you know, kind of rolled into this week. You've got a hot Iowa team that uh, was they rely on their defense. And so, you know, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, again, this is the second week in a row, guys. That This is this is 60. I think he went 68 yards last week and he went 69 yards this week. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your dude. That's your bell cow. Those guys need to be moving up front to where they can figure out, hey, man, what is our identity? Are we going to run through Brees Hall like we did last year at 1,500 yards and 20-plus touchdowns? Or are we going to have to move it around again? But I think that there's a there's a lack of identity in Ames uh, right now from what what I saw. And, and again, not to take anything away from Iowa because they, they played uh, great, but they had four turnovers that resulted in 20 points. And you can't have that when you're playing big games. College game day rolls in. Um, you got to be on your stuff. So, you know, Brock Purdy – you know, 13, 27, 138 yards and three picks. Did he get benched? Did he not? You know, was that kind of mop up stuff? You know, he's your he's your guy. You know, that dude walks into into Pizza Hut and Ames. Everybody knows who that is. That dude's getting free pizza, free Coke and everything else. So, um, you know, we got to kind of figure out what's what's rolling on in the in the backfield for them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll piggyback off that, Bryce. It is college game day. You're Iowa State. It's an in-state rival game. Yeah, and college game day is in town. I I know you guys have played in this in this position. I got to play in several college game day games. I know you guys did as well. That you are licking your chops. I'm laying in bed at night, sitting there thinking, "Man, I dreamed of this moment." Did I go out and play my best in every one of those games? No, I didn't. But I definitely had a chip on my shoulder that day. And Bryce, to your point, they looked just off. They did, yeah. they did not come out with that energy. Um, Brock Purdy, if you would have told me through the first two games with all the hype that they've had through the offseason that he was going to have zero touchdown passes and three picks, I would have put every bit of money that I have in Bet Rivers on that because I said, <laughs> no way. I mean, these guys were supposed to come out. And maybe maybe we've been looking at this all offseason um, and we've given them too much credit. Maybe it's still just little old Iowa State. They're a basketball school, and we got to temper it down. Because that's Can you put up the stats again, Diggin? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basketball I'm, school. <laughs> I'm going to throw this George's Niang to, uh, to run your offense, Dad Gummit. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there, too, though. I mean, I think Iowa State did everything that they should not have done based upon watching Iowa play last week. Dagan, can you put the like, stats back uh, up? Iowa thrived off of the ability to have turnovers, have short field, defense create opportunities for their offense. And when you're coming in as Iowa State watching that tape, that should have been your main focus is to avoid any that, any type of they, script like that. And remember – Go ahead, Hack. Yeah, no, I was just saying, I think you're, I think the game plan was a little bit backwards, and it's not to discredit Iowa in terms of how they came in there and their defense stepped up, played well. Um, I think the one thing that you guys kept saying is is Ohio is Iowa State didn't show up and and do do their job. So um, 
it, you know, I, I just think there's going to be a lot of a lot a lot of looking in the mirror. Bryce, I think that's fair. Heck, heck, you played against Iowa. You played talking about what? an Iowa State team. Mentioned. <laughs> we got we got right, some man. lag issues. Got uh, some lag issues, fellas. Heck, that is what COVID giving us. I'll ask you this while we're waiting on George. Um, yeah. You played in the Big Ten. Uh, Bryce and I obviously played in the Big 12. I played a little bit in the SEC. What What's the mindset of Iowa, right? I mean, where are where do they stand year in and year out? It, it's middle of the ground, right? I mean, this is not some huge juggernaut in, in the yeah. country, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Iowa's cyclical. And I think that's when, when we talked about even Harbaugh up at Michigan and and their role and their thought process in terms of what it what, what what's their definition of success. You see a guy like Kirk Ferentz down there who coach cheers, um, who has just consistently done a great job of figuring out how to bring the type of kids that he wants in there understand that they may take their lumps for two or three years but if one thing's for certain they're going to play hard they're going to be prepared they're going to be smart they're going to be able to execute a game plan and they're never going to really beat themselves and i think you have a few teams in the big 10 like that you have iowa you have northwestern i think pat Fitzgerald has done a great job of kind of adopting that same type of game plan so for iowa you just know that when you have a game like this and you guys were talking about it's game day there's all this stuff going into it media pressure hype expectations i was always going to show up um and i think like i said kind of going back before we had all those lag issues you know iowa state i thought had a great a great tape to watch from last week in terms of iowa's weaknesses and they really did nothing to try to exploit those and or um help their case to be able to win this football game today yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys uh, with with Billy O? Did you guys try to spread out teams that had that stack, you know, box, and and that's where they like to play? I mean, would that have been the game plan they should have done? Even though I know Iowa State has two great tight ends, um, you know, that they like to kind of run through. But but is that something that you guys try to exploit uh, when, when you see that? Yeah, I mean, I think really, like when you look at it you know, one thing that I brought up is Bill was a big proponent of numbers, leverage and matchups. Right. And yep. when you have all of those expectations and obviously I'm talking on one year with Bill, unfortunately for me, but the, um, the one thing that, that, that you could do is, yeah, maybe I have a tight end. That's a huge mismatch problem and they are condensing the box. You could spread it out, put those guys outside. It's going to be a matchup issue. Someone's going to create a matchup issue. And if not, they're going to give you a favorable box to run the football. You can only do so much defensively. Um, and then offensively, you just have to be able to kind of adapt and react and make those adjustments. And I, I just don't know if it was in Iowa State's DNA or if it's just one of those things that kind of went over the offensive staff's head, you know, halftime adjustments and things of that nature. But um, I think the real big thing was that Iowa thrived last week of being able to turn up, you know, create turnovers defensively and get short fields and create scoring opportunities off the turnovers because offensively Iowa is still struggling. I mean, you looked at Petrus's numbers, he was what 11 for 21 with a touchdown, like a buck 18. It's pretty, pretty Samaritan. And they don't really, they haven't showed any explosiveness on that side of the ball. So for Iowa state to give them the football four times and, and create opportunities for them offensively, 
I just think it was a failure in terms of a game plan standpoint. I agree. I, I the only thing that I did like from that uh, post game press conference, Matt Campbell. I liked the guy a lot. He took full credit. He said I didn't have my guys ready to play, which he didn't. Um, whether those whether he did or not, from a coaching staff standpoint, yeah. they didn't show up to play. But I appreciate yeah. him taking the credit for that. Um, y'all want to let's move on. Uh, another you know kind of highly touted game going back to the old Southwest Conference days. They used to play in the Cotton Bowl all the time. Uh, Texas traveling on the road to Arkansas just to get absolutely punched mm. in the mouth. Bryce, you played against Texas. You understand. You grew up in Texas. You know kind of the um, the prowess that those folks have in Austin. What are your thoughts on that game um, all the way around, getting just shoved around <laughs> for 60 minutes? Well, I tell you what was really interesting is, is on, even on our podcast, Trevor, when we covered the Big 12, I think both of us actually picked uh, Texas to, to come in and, and take care of business based on what we saw last week against, you know, Louisiana Lafayette. Those those that team and then what we saw tonight, I thought were two totally different teams and whether or not they walked into a situation where Arkansas sitting there saying, hey, welcome to the SEC. Um, or it was a situation where Texas was just sleeping. Who knows? But, I mean, they got 300 yards ran on them. <laughs> and that was like with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. What's really interesting about that is what Kendall Bryles, Sam Pittman, and those guys are building, um, you know, in, in Fayetteville is, is really interesting because what and, – and for those of you out there who don't know, but, but Kendall Bryles was the OC at Baylor when I was there. Um, we loved running the ball. Um, that started our entire offense. That started – it 100% started our offense because lie. with tempo, with, run, with running, with ground and pound is when we really start to wear down people. And that's what you saw, you know, those, those guys do to Texas today. So, you know, I was, I was uh, extremely disappointed in what I saw in terms of product of the field for Texas just because there's there's too much talent on the field for them, I think, to get beat up up front like they did in the first half. Um, and then really in that in the in the second half is when they really got it. They just they just look like loss of identity. Right. I mean, I think it's kind of what we keep talking about, um, you know, throughout these first couple of weeks, because it will take weeks to figure out something that Bill Belichick, I said, I, I think is just a really cool quote that he always talks about is he doesn't know who his team is until week 12, 13 and 14 of the season. And if you think about it, there's only a couple of games left until they're in the playoffs. Right. Uh, but that identity needs to start kind of coming out in Austin to you guys' point before circulating coaches isn't going to help that. Um, they got to figure out who they are internally. Um, hats off to the offense in Fayetteville. Hats off to Coach uh, KB. What I saw was complete domination on both sides of the football. Absolutely. Welcome back, George. Oh, now we don't. Uh, got now we don't have speaker. Are you gonna at least you're gonna figure it out at some point. <laughs> It'll happen. You're gonna learn today. <laughs> Heck, no, Heck, no, I'll no, ask you no, this. Just no talkie. <laughs> just from a, a rivalry standpoint. To go uh, to go to a, a cross conference to an old time rival um, and, and have lack of energy. We've talked about that a little bit with Iowa State having yeah. lack of energy and, and some of these other teams, right? Texas, to me, just had a complete lack of energy. Is that, from an energy standpoint, a cultural standpoint, is that something that 
hey, we just showed up and it was one of those kind of nightmare days and it just wasn't rolling for us? Or is that something where week in and week out, you have to create your own energy on the road? I mean, you got to got to play in some of the biggest and baddest stadiums in the country. Yeah. How, give everybody a little insight on creating your own energy in a hostile environment when things aren't going good. Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's easy to get up when you're going to play in the shoe or the big house or Camp Randall at Wisconsin. You know, there's going to be energy. It may be negative energy, but at the end of the day, football football teams and football players feed off of any energy. It's hard when you go into a Purdue or an Illinois where there's seven people in the stands and you're kind of looking around like, hey, man, are we are we playing football here? Is this a is this an inter-squad scrimmage or cross-team practice? You know, so that's – that's one thing that I said, I, you know, for me, I think you guys touched on all the great points. Texas has had so much turnover from an administrative standpoint and a philosophy standpoint and a culture within that locker room. It's hard. I thought riding the wave from week one with how they played. Yes. Um, you know, there was a little bit of an expectation for them to be able to go out there and win that game last week. And obviously you have an SEC team in Arkansas showing up this week, but um it's just I think they're still trying to find that consistency and that identity internally, and um, it's not going to be an easy road. So we'll really see, I think, to the one thing Bryce pointed out is, yeah, you know, in the NFL it's week 12, week 13, but, you know, here first year in the system under Sark, we'll see what happens moving forward into week four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and if they can really get things turned around and, and they need to be able to define what's a win for them this year in terms of the season. Is it a, is it a, is it a bowl game? Is it a new year six bowl, whatever it may be and start tracking for the two, three and realistically four year plan when they're going to be playing in the SEC. Absolutely. Trevor, right. real quick, let me ask you this, buddy. So we saw a QB change tonight. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that QB change? Is that something that Sark is just, hey, we needed to change your pace? Do you think that that's something that, you know, we've seen what we got, you know, out of Thompson last year. New coach comes in, doesn't matter. You know, it's it's every man for himself. There's a QB competition. He goes with Hudson Card, and now we're back to Thompson. What do, what do you think about that one? No doubt. You know, I, I have a unique perspective Um and, and I and I love getting to talk about it now that my career is over because I got to experience every single part of a QB room. I was a young guy going against an old guy, won the job early. Um, I was, uh, you know, the, the sole starter, and then I went to switching back and forth. Um, I was, again, the sole starter, and then Baker Mayfield comes in. I lose my job. I get benched. I transfer. I got to, you know, I got to earn my spot again. I, I pretty much experienced every one of those emotions in a QB room. And so when you look at Hudson Card, um, it's tough for him. I, I feel for him a little bit with a new coach coming in, having to kind of reinvent the identity of uh, obviously a damaged program and a very damaged culture. He needs a guy up there that's going to win. And so he's having to shoulder the not just the QB battle as a young guy, but he's having to put an entire university and an entire program on his shoulders on top of that. And go out and try and play good. And, you know, he played pretty good last week. He just didn't get it done tonight. Um, you know, I don't know if that's completely at fault for him. I thought the guys up front didn't give him a whole lot of chance for success. I think that offensive line at Texas needs to pick it up a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's it's tough to look over your shoulder knowing, hey, 
if I mess up, there's another guy that can come in here and replace me pretty quickly. That's a hard place to be in instead of having the full confidence of the world like Hack did for 28 straight seasons at Penn State, knowing, hey, I'm the guy. I can go out here and play with confidence and, and play really good football. Um, what, are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I, I know I was always looking over my shoulder, and it, it hurt me mentally. What do you think from Hudson Card's standpoint? Do you think he's going to sit in there and really elevate to be that guy, or do you think it's a quarterback competition this week down in Austin? Well, I think you uh, you bring up good points, and it's hard for me to really expand on my experience with it because of all the other noise and background noise going on with the program at Penn State when I was there. But just trying to put myself back in being a younger guy and the mindset. And the one thing that I had is that I was a true freshman. I was young and dumb. I was from a small town in Virginia. I had – you know, a great, a great coach. And I just didn't really focus on the bigness of college football. And when you go to a program like Texas, Penn State's big and, and, and all that, but Texas is massive. And the amount of funding and the, and the alumni base and the expectations when you walk in there. And, hat, and just before you go that, on, uh, yeah. Hudson Card grew up right down the road. He's an Austin kid. He went to Lake Travis, followed yeah. up Garrett Gilbert and Baker and and yeah. Charlie Brewer and all these guys. So to your yeah. point, he was on the big stage. So keep going. Yeah, and he just, you know, he, he couldn't get away from it, right? And it wasn't that Texas had any type of outside influence on where the state of the program is right now. Like, it was, it was all self-sabotage. Like, they earned all this. So um, – there is pressure and there's a lot of noise and there wasn't really any, there aren't any excuses for them as a, as a, as a program. But, um, you know, I think, I think a good exercise for him would be just to going back to controlling the controllables and focusing on the fact that this is, this is football, man. It's a game, have fun with it and understand that there are going to be circumstances that you don't necessarily have 1000% control over. But as long as you go back and fall back on your fundamentals execute the game plan and just kind of simplify it again. I think that's the one thing that we all as quarterbacks allow to get in our heads and start clouding our mind is all of the static that's out there. If he can just simplify that and figure it out and just take it a day at a time, a rep at a time and go out and execute, he'll be all right. Love it. I love it. Let's, let's move on back. Uh, we'll go back to your country hack. Um, Sean mm -hmm. Clifford. Let's talk about Sean Clifford for a little bit. Uh, Bryce thinks that he looks exactly like you in uniform, which I, I'm exactly. starting to agree with. He's Sean, got a little exactly. bit of a ginger beard, though. Like, I couldn't grow facial hair, still can't, you know. I think <laughs> Dude, I think if y'all had – what's number. crazy, if y'all had shoulder pads walking in the same room, I couldn't tell you apart. If y'all were at a party at Penn State, whatever – did y'all have bars or was it more like house parties? What did you guys do out there? Farm? Well, I was – I was never 21 when I was on campus, so I can neither I can neither say that I was or was I not. Pack, are you 21 yet? I got a quick. Are you, are yeah. you drinking Miller lattes underage yeah, over there? That's, yeah, Miller that lattes. Goes, that goes into the jar. That was a subtle self suck on the fact that I was drafted before 21. We'll get to that later. Um, but my thing is, if you guys walked in the party backwards hat on i couldn't tell you guys apart so i'm actually really excited to think or, to, or well, think, really to hear what you think i think about you need to go see an optometrist price i think you need to go visit <laughs> the optometrist we could do that um, no 
Listen, I, I love Cliff. I think I think when you talk about a quarterback battle, a, a mental battle as a quarterback, he's had a pretty unique path. I mean, he's had, I think, four offensive coordinators since he's been up there. Um, there's been a lot of turnover on that side of the on that side of the football in terms of philosophy. But when you look at a guy who's come in, earned his stripes, I think a common theme that Trevor's brought up, being able to win over locker rooms, win over different mentalities, win over the trust of different coaching staffs. He's a guy who's been able to been able to do it. And a guy who got benched last year for Will Levis, who's now down at Kentucky and, you know, did his thing throughout the offseason and got back and grabbed grabbed the reins and started driving that ship a little bit. So um, you know, you look at Cliff, I think he's a scrappy dude. I think the guys play for him. I think he's got some arm talent. Um and uh, you know, I just think that ultimately like the biggest thing that's created hurdles for him in his career has been consistency and comfort within a system. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think Penn state really needs to make a stride this year and fast track that just because of the amount of ball he's played to be able to dethrone Ohio state in the East this year, going back to another earlier conversation where I think they are susceptible. And I think with Penn state's defense and the way everything's structured, they got a shot. So with him being able to just get in a rhythm focus on trying to get in Yersich's back pocket, live on that guy's hip all day, all night, figure out what he wants and his vision for that offense. I, he's a guy who can do it. It's not like he doesn't have the talent. He's got the talent. And um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping for him. I'm rooting for him. I'm pulling for him because he's a kid who's, who's earned it. He's, he's really, he's re really been battle tested throughout the last three years. Absolutely. Do we have, do we have George back? I, I, I I apologize. Can you hear me? Uh, no. We can hear you. <laughs> you can hear me. You can. All right. Yeah, perfect. we got you. Yes, you can hear me? Yeah. I'm up here yes. executing like Nebraska. Trust me. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, 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 is, this is a challenge. And, and we are, uh, we're going to iron this. We're going to iron all this shit out here. Um, so quick question. Since we're there. And you guys are talking about his life. If I give you one semester to to redo college anywhere in America, what where would you go and what would you be? Like, would you switch being quarterback for a frat king? Would you be a mm. would you be a point guard at Duke, but you'd be that guy in the fall, so you're not playing? Like where if I gave you one semester, Trevor Knight, to go Golly. back and relive <laughs> anywhere, anywhere, where, what, how you use that semester? All right, George, you're, so you're setting me Trevor up for first. the douche jar. I'm going last here. I want to hear Hack first. Okay. Because I, I know I'm going I know to the douche either. jar if I go first. <laughs> Hack, you go first, man. I mean, I can come up. I, 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 that's, hey. Trevor, great deflection there, I, dude. That's that's great, a dude. Instead of um, going straight to the douche jar. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, uh, man, Pat, George. I think Pat there's a lot of options out there. Oh God. Go <laughs> I know there's a lot of options out there. Yeah, I, I'm going. Take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of options out th out there. Obviously, with the lack of time here to be able to myself for this question. I think I'm going to Coastal Carolina Ooh. as the quarterback. 
I'm not gonna be. Yes, I'm not gonna be I a cat. It. I'm gonna be a dog. I'm gonna be hanging I out on the beach. I'm gonna be having fun. I love it. <laughs> have fun doing my thing. Let's go. I love it. Let's Fall go. semester or spring semester? Ah, definitely spring back. semester. Spring ball with that schedule. Spring ball schedule, dude. Yeah. 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 Spring breaks. Come on, wouldn't even oh, have to leave. Put hack down for Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Petty. If hack. <laughs> I don't okay. even know what he's saying. Uh, man, I don't even know what he's saying. Bryce, I, if I had uh, to choose based on the question that's, that's here, yeah. Would you come out of Texas? Would you leave the state of Texas, first of all? No, I, I think I, I think I would. In in an, in another life, I think I would I would either follow, um, I think I would follow Justin Thomas's footsteps. I would be in Tuscaloosa, but on the golf team. Ooh, I go play golf in Tuscaloosa. That makes sense. Interesting How many play. Times you schedule on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No in doubt the about fall, it. in the like the fall. Fall or the spring, like, do you want to be in season or do you want to be a golfer on campus? But it ain't my time yet. Not a, yeah, no, no. I, I would, I would one hundred percent be in season. I would be throwing darts um, on the golf course, come out, crush some beers, watch, watch Alabama put up fifty on somebody, and then you know celebrate the national championship that way. All right, I got I formulated. So your boys, your boys are all the football players, right? All of them. All right, all of them. We ride, we ride together. Yeah, I. um, The thing about Bryce's pick, I mean, that's that's cool. Like looking back, because Justin Thomas is great now, but like I, I doubt he had a. I mean, he had a great college experience. I don't know if he was super famous then, but I don't know if he had all that much fun while while in college. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to LSU. I'm playing shortstop at LSU. We're packing it out with like 15k every night, so I get to go enjoy. I get to go enjoy like Death Valley this. during the week, during the fall, and then I'm putting on and going and win natties in the spring, uh, and then I'm staying there all summer, and we're hitting up every pool during the summer. Y'all know how the summer is. This the pool in the summer. I'm playing shortstop uh, uh, for the Tigers down in the yeah. Bayou, baby. That's a good call. And so, first of all, can you guys hear me, or am I still? You're, am I still you're, late? You're in and out, in in a few minutes late. Day late, and a dollar short. No doubt about it. Bear with me. That, that Wi-Fi in California spot, is a lag. Spot my dollar. You no, know, there's going to be a Verizon Fios ban outside of <laughs> on Monday. Expedited. <laughs> I got a guy. A hundred percent. Expedited. I love it. Uh, well, oh, boys, it's been fun. Hey, we we are we're battle tested. Okay, this is week three of After Dark Show. We're already battle tested. Um, it can only go up from here. Uh, super excited to be a part of this whole uh, spiel with you guys. Um, you know, this is probably going to be our sign off, considering that our esteemed hosts can't figure out how to not lag. So 
It's been a great it's sign technology, up. man. We're all getting used to this. It happens. It happens, man. Code affects everything. So it just, you know, we got to we gotta roll with the punches here. Yep. Hey, follow us every week. Uh, we're going to be doing this every Saturday. It's a lot of fun. Uh, love the insight from Hack and Bryce and George. And then follow our individual podcast. Um, Hack and his boy up there doing the Big Ten. Bryce and I doing the Big 12. We got some folks doing the SEC. We're all over the place. Follow us on Twitter, uh, YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, anywhere you can get the podcast, uh, go tune in. And we're going to be doing this every Saturday night. Hopefully uh, we hit the audible and get a little bit smoother uh, as we go throughout the weeks. Um, but no for, uh, for this week, another great week of, week of college football. And uh, let's get on with it, boys. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Have a great night.